the dead, standing before God. Does the Bible talk about zombies? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hi everyone, my name is Justin Kim and you're watching Inverse. And in this Inverse studio, we have Sebastian and Jonathan and Siku. Hey guys. Hi. hi. Aloha. I'm gonna say hi to you guys out there as well. We are studying the topic of the state of the dead. What happens to you when you die? And as we do in every episode of Inverse, we study the Bible. Our arc, our topical arc is called Beyond Death. And we wanna encourage you to go to inversebible.org and download the Bible study guide, or you can actually download the app called Sabbath School from the company Advent Tech, and you can download the app and study the Inverse uh, Bible Study Guide with us. Hey guys. Hi. Hi. We're going to go to Revelation. In last episode, we were, we, it was the same, similar text, uh, but we're going to talk some, some, uh, one, one part really specific there. Um, but we've been talking about a lot of problematic texts in the Bible, mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. Um, that's, that sounds bad, yeah? I mean, it's not that they're, they're Bible verses that are problematic, right. but we have covered what happens to you when you die, and then there are some verses that seemingly don't fit that, and we're going to see how, how it all works together as a whole. That's right. a better way of saying it. So let me just ask you off the, off the, off the cuff, and Siku, and we'll just go down. What are, what are some things that you remember from, from this? We're in week nine. Uh, mm -hmm. Some things that you remember from, from this quarter? Um, like something that, that struck me, I guess, whole in, on the whole is this topic has to do with our understanding of who God is. Mm. Um, and so that's the importance of having a right understanding of what happens after you die because it reflects on the character of God. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, some people are, they want to know what happens when you die out of curiosity's sake, but there is a clearer, uh, larger zoomed out picture mm. on the character of God. Awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, as much as I like the theology and going to the Greek and the Hebrew, which we did, I think, on episode one, uh, I, um, I like the story about, oh, it was episode two. Yeah, uh, I like the story of Lazarus mm. and just um, looking at the power of Jesus, that he is the, the resurrection and the life and his presence, his word, it can literally infuse a dead body with life again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all the implications for my personal life, I really appreciated that. Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah that, that was a good study. Sebastian? Um, it's hard to choose. I, I do favor 2 Corinthians 5, the mm. assurance of the resurrection mm. and how so many beautiful truths and sources of encouragement are hidden behind a text that has now been convoluted right, yeah. by false understanding. And so yeah. people only reference that text just to correct a misunderstanding rather than studying the hope and the encouragement that is in that. Yeah, place. I gotta say that's my favorite uh, episode too. Episode four, yeah. um, Second Corinthians five, verses yeah. one through ten, and uh, yeah, was it the same people on that episode? I wasn't on oh, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you were on it. Yeah, yes, you were on yes. It. Yeah, no. It was, and then it's like you're present with the Lord, absent from the body. What does that yeah. mean? Like, well, how? Do, and it was just there was a lot of clarity that was achieved, and I really appreciate that. So we want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org/inverse, and you can also watch the back episodes. And maybe there are some passages of Scripture that are a little problematic, and like, hey, how does this work? And how does this? Uh, how does the Bible? Uh, how does the Bible portray one view as a whole? Right? What happens to when you die? Mm. So we're going to go to Revelation chapter 20. Uh, we did read this last week, but there's this one uh, verse that uh, we need a little bit of clarification on. But before we read scripture, Siku, can you pray for us? Yep, let's pray. 
Loving Father, we ask that you would be our teacher now. We ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit who would illumine our minds to be able to understand texts that are sometimes difficult to understand. So we trust ourselves into your care now as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Sebastian, can we read from chapter 20 of Revelation, mm -hmm. verse 11, and then we're going to go to the next chapter, uh, 21, verse 1. So okay. uh, everything in between there. Got it. Then I saw a great white throne in him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then, each, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Okay, so there's a lot there, and then we can maybe unpack the passage a little bit more. Um, but uh, share with me a little bit of what we've covered thus far. Maybe someone's watching for the first time. Maybe not the, the apologetic, problematic uh, passages that we've covered, but really, what does happen to you when you die, right? Mm -hmm. you know, go and watch episodes one through three, but if you don't want to watch, like, just give a little quick synopsis. Siku, mm -hmm. share with us. Uh, you know, first-time watcher, and they're this first-time um, watching inverse. And okay. <laughs> I think uh, probably <laughs> simplest version is uh, from Genesis chapter 2. Mm. When God created, He took dust, this is the physical element, and then He breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, mm -hmm. and then those two combined become a living soul. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have a soul, you are a soul that is alive. Mm -hmm. So you remove one of those elements, then living soul no longer exists. Mm -hmm. So death is just the cessation of the existence of life, you know, mm -hmm. so there's no thinking, there's no feeling, um, there's no doing when you're dead. It's just, um, I think one of the episodes we described it as like a silence, mm -hmm. you know, there's just nothing, which is, you know, kind of scary because we always want to be able to exist, but, yeah, yeah. you know, but that's what death yeah. is. Jesus talks about as a sleep. Uh, in Psalms is the dead know, or is Ecclesiastes, the dead know not, uh, and also Psalms. Uh, I remember like my wife and she, she knows that uh, she believes in scripture, she believes in the Bible, and, mm -hmm. but she's like, ah, I don't want to be buried because when you're buried, the worms are going to be inside you and they're going to eat you. And I'm like, but you but won't dead. be feeling anything. Yeah, but I just, I don't want, I just, <laughs> and, and it's like, well, what if we, and then we we'll talk about all the hypotheticals out there. Um, but no, when, when you are dead, your body does decay. In a sense, it does return back to the dust, as you mentioned. Right. And then according to Ecclesiastes, the spirit, the, the breath of God that was given, the, the spark of life, does return back to God, yep. right? Yep. And then at the resurrection, that spark of the life is given back to maybe not the exact body, but does God does recreate and give us new bodies at yeah. that time. Yeah. But the same personality, the same mind, the same character mm -hmm. is still retained in that new soul, if right. I can just use your, your terminology there. All right, so we go in chapter 20, verse 12 <laughs> is where at the opener I talked about zombies. Of course, their zombies do not exist. Uh, <laughs> and I just Lord. use that as, as a, as a, as a I mean, if you're watching, hey, you're watching and it worked. Um, but uh, <laughs> zombies, yeah, I mean, zombies are dead, but they're living. And here it's, it sounds like, it sounds like 
maybe for the first time I was reading uh, Revelation verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. So are these like dead people and they're all like, you know, droopy and then they got like, you know, skin hanging off them? What's <laughs> going on here? I'm being very facetious here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jonathan. Well, it's, uh, we have to understand the context of yes, this passage. Thank you. <laughs> okay, as always with Bible study, <laughs> yes. look at the context. Yes. And what we see here in the last chapters of Revelation is, you know, a description of what will happen post the second coming of Jesus. Okay. So we are given here a glimpse and an insight into uh, the judgment process. Now the judgment process, we talked about this in a different episode, uh, began already. Uh, we're, we're in heaven. Uh, they are looking at those who are, uh, who, who are claiming to be followers of Christ mm -hmm. and uh, claiming, you know, uh, those who have put their faith in Jesus and they're looking, hey, can those, are those people genuine in their faith in Jesus? Mm -hmm. And then as the second coming, those people are taken to heaven and resurrected. Those who are alive will also be taken to heaven, those who are saved. Mm -hmm. But the wicked, those who have not chosen to, to, to put their trust in God, uh, what to do with them? Mm. And the Bible describes this time of the millennium, a thousand years um, in the early in, book of, in chapter 20. And, and during that time, um, in this judgment process, there will be a focus on those who are not in heaven at the time, mm. right? the dead. And so here we find, you know, we have to understand Revelation uses a lot of symbolic language and so on. So it's not always literal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it talks about books being opened. Are there literal books in heaven? I don't know. I don't know if they need that, but they have some kind of re recording mechanism uh, to record our lives and our decisions. And so this is what we're seeing here, a judgment process that is focusing on those who are not there and making sure that we, you know, that, that God has been fair in not having them there. Mm -hmm. like. Was he fair in, in, in the way he dealt with them mm -hmm. and, and so on. So this is what we see uh, taking place here in uh, chapter 20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just, just to go on with that, like in verse 12, right, it says, the part we read, the dead, small and great, standing before God, books were opened. Mm -hmm. It says, and another book was opened, which was the book of life, mm -hmm. and the dead were judged according to their works. So th the opening of the books and, quote, standing before judgment is this process of your name coming up and your the record is being analyzed, mm -hmm. right? So not necessarily, you don't have to necessarily be physically standing there, you know, because they're not judging your physical appearance. Mm -hmm. What they're judging, actually, <laughs> not a beauty pen. Right, yeah. You got it. <laughs> um, they're, they're judging according to their works by the things which are written in the books. Mm -hmm. So, so the standing before judgment, um, from you know, from what the verse is saying, is your your record coming up mm -hmm. and an analysis being made. And then because it says in verse thirteen, after that it says the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Mm. So the dead are still in the sea, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's not like when they're standing before judgment, they came out of the, you know, came out for, to be judged and went back to the, no, they, right. it's, it's their name comes up yeah. to be judged. And then after that process happens, then you have the resurrection of the, of the, of the, the wicked. wicked. Right. Yeah, the, the, um, and, it's, and it's, oh, go ahead. Jonathan and then yeah. Sure. Uh, it says the sea gave up the dead and death and hate is delivered. I think this is just language trying to describe that no one will be left behind. Like everyone will be judged yeah. because, you know, yeah. when you're lost at sea, your body floats down to the bottom of the ocean. No one knows where you are. This is saying no one will be forgotten. Everyone will have this opportunity, you know, to, to make his case, so to say, or his case will be, be looked at, will be judged. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just very universal, which the whole point of the judgment is it's a universal process so that the universe can finally be at peace <laughs> once it's done. You right, know? So right. it's just a very all-inclusive uh, terminology. So it's not necessarily literally, oh, suddenly there's bodies float up and so those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Until and so I was just <laughs> going to now kind of build off of what Siku and Jonathan have been kind of saying from the other perspective. When you go to chapter 20 and you look at verse 4, mm. and it says, And I saw thrones 
and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Yep. And then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Mm -hmm. So those who are reigning with Christ and living with Jesus during the thousand years are those to whom judgment is committed to mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So now going back to Siku's point, your record is coming up before who, right? Before God is what it says. But then the, the beginning of the chapter tells us the people who are saved and redeemed are also participating in this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And during that time, they're living and reigning with Christ, but they're also participating in that judgment. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so this also gives us the sense that, well, this judgment is being conducted by the saved. So where are the wicked? Mm -hmm. They're still dead. Well, how do we know that? So the we keep... Verse. That's right. The very next verse in verse five, it says, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. That's right. Sebastian, hold that thought here. We do have to take a break. So we're going to hear the rest of that story when we come back after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, Join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're talking about judgment and judgment of the dead. Sebastian, enlighten us more. So when we look at those who are saved, reigning with Jesus and participating in the judgment, in verse 5 it tells us that, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. Mm. This is the first resurrection. Mm. So that means if there's a first, there's a second, right? You don't have the first of one, right? So if there's only one resurrection, you can't have a first. It's the hey, only. So, so I mean, let's, let's rewind here. And we got, let me, let's, there's some wrinkles here. Let's iron that out. So I, all, I agree with everything, but let's just for maybe some, the first resurrection, second resurrection, and then you're like some second death, death, second death, first, the first coming of Jesus, second coming of Jesus. Like, <laughs> like what's is, going on? Can, can, can someone give me like a timeline, a chronology yeah. of what's going on? Because this wonderful, beautiful chapter mm -hmm. uh, is is not always chronological, mm -hmm. right? It is. Right. It's it's thematic, yep. but not chronological. And maybe in my poor poor Western mind, with with, with the Asian outside, uh, is just kind of confused here. So help me out here. Mm -hmm. if, and if you know, sorry to interrupt. But just no, no, you good. You good. Where do you want Jonathan. to start? Um, First so, of all, so, so, right, so here we are now. Here we are now. Yes. yes. And then eventually, and then eventually, Jesus will come. Jesus will come, yes. and that's called the, the second coming. Why is that the second coming? Because, because he, he came, he came the, first the first time. First time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure in Bethlehem. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. And uh, if I can just uh, yes. chime in on on the topic of death, since yes. we're talking about this. Yes. So the Bible never mentions first death. But it does mention a second death okay. in our scripture. I think second death in chapter 20, Ch verse 6. Yes. Yep. yes. And verse Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. So this is the second death. So the second death that. is like the real death. Okay. okay? So like okay. The if you want to say first death or what Jesus calls asleep, yes. that's the death that everyone uh, experiences unless they're alive at the second coming of Jesus. But the yes. majority of the world has not been alive then. Yes. Uh, that's the death that you, you experience of which there is a resurrection, either a first or second resurrection. First resurrection at the second coming of Jesus is uh, for those who are saved. And then the second resurrection is for those who are receiving, you know, their the eternal the second death. death. And that second death is a death from which there is no return mm -hmm. uh, because it is a final decision has been made. And so uh, in the chronological timeline, we have the second coming of Jesus, 
So at the second coming of Jesus, the Jesus will come from, come from, from the heavens, heavens yep. and then a resurrection will occur. Yep. Those, the righteous one will be resurrected and taken to heaven with those who are alive and righteous. Okay, you, you guys all get that? So yeah. this is the, the second coming of Jesus, but that's called the first, first resurrection. resurrection. Okay. Yep. yep. Then there's yep. a thousand years in heaven okay. during which this judgment process of the wicked is taking place. Hopefully we're all there and yes. hanging out and well, we're, you know, I'm in. The, having inverse heaven. The IRS <laughs> of, of the <laughs> universe. Okay, yes. And then after the second, uh, sorry, after the uh, thousand years, yes. there is, you could ask, I guess you could call it the third coming of Jesus because like yeah, we're yes. coming back to earth. Yeah, we do see that in scripture yeah. in chapter 21, 1, where there's no more sea and, and there's a, uh, the holy city is coming, coming down. down. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there will be the second resurrection, which is at that point, every uh, human being who has ever existed will be alive. Okay. And so you guys got that one more time as you have the second coming of Jesus, first resurrection, third coming of Jesus, second resurrection. Yeah, that's yeah. how it right. relates. Just want to make sure that's yeah. just yeah. In the, all clear in our minds. Yep. yep. And that is when then the uh, the executive judgment takes place. So every, okay. every case has been heard, everything has been made clear. Now we come to the sentence, which is uh, the second death for those who are lost. Yeah. And the second death is just complete elimination, non-existence. Uh, because that is what they chose. That's yeah. what they wanted. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to be with God. Well, you cannot exist in a universe without God. So God gives them exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. now, now, this may sound like, oh, this is all last day stuff and that's the future and who really knows and that's your guys' interpretation. But no, there are clear present day ramifications mm -hmm. because of yes. that framework that we believe. Yep. And, and uh, we can talk about a little bit. I like to talk about the millennial uh, judgment. Mm -hmm. If we can actually go, go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Mm -hmm. Chapter 6, a very interesting passage. Uh, the Corinthian church was not the greatest church out there. It has all these issues. Uh, people are sleeping around, sexual immorality, and that's happening in the church. And that's like right. early on the church. So, yeah. you know, hey, if your church isn't perfect, then hey, read the Bible because that's, that's, it's, 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 a lot of imperfect the, the Lord Jesus is working with all of us. Amen. And here Paul is, is essentially blasting the church for, for that kind of activity. Mm -hmm. uh, Corinthians have all these issues. In chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says, uh, dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Mm -hmm. Now, very interesting, right? Yeah. There is a, if, I, if you, an eschatological implication for present day spirituality. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. Because Paul says we're going to be judging angels and judging in the future. Mm -hmm. Like we should be living now mm -hmm. like in preparation of that judgment. Absolutely. That, that's, 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 that's profound. Absolutely right? profound. So that even in church, local, local church stuff, if Jonathan and Siku are like fighting over, you know, a parking spot rather than suing <laughs> each other or calling the police, we call in Elder Sebastian who someday will be a judge in the millennial <laughs> day, right? Don't be afraid, and, don't and, be afraid. And, and, and he, he sh we should, that, that's, that's fascinating. It yeah. is. And it, and it lets you know that judgment, the word judgment is kind of cloudy, mm -hmm. right? Because most people are not used to saying, oh, I was, I was involved in judgment. But it's really the, the idea is a decision, right? Deciding between mm -hmm. this vindication of one, right? And the recognition of responsibility mm -hmm. within the situation and accountability and proper mm -hmm. consequence. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the fact that Jesus is essentially through Paul encouraging us right through your point that let me just think of the smallest matter, right? Mm -hmm. Someone says something to me sideways in a conversation. How am I judging? How am I deciding, right? How to react to that? 
there's an issue between my kids, right? Or there's an issue at my workplace as an employer. So in each of these things, God is letting us know that as a Christian, how we make decisions in disputes, right, is a reflection of our connection and embracing of the principles of heaven. And if we're not making good decisions between situations now, we are in danger of not participating ultimately in mm -hmm. that in the future. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, to, to point out that, that this concept is misused though sometimes, mm -hmm. where um, an issue comes up in the church that has legal ramifications. Okay, yeah, sure. And instead of, I appreciated mm -hmm. you saying like consequences, yeah. you know, like judging rightly, you know, right. thinking about how to handle yes, the yes, situation. Yes, yes. Yep. It doesn't mean that if you do it in the church, you're gonna get away with, you know, murder, you know, right. Right. Yes, assault, yes, yes, yes. you're yes, gonna yes. get away with, you know, rape, harassment, right. rape, yeah. you know, so that this does not absolve, you mm -hmm. know, yes, the definitely. church That's right. That's right. from being accountable. You still render unto Caesar right. the laws of the land and render unto Caesar, but uh, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Right. totally right. So, so I, I think in this situation, I guess a practical way, if there is an issue, somebody is misbehaving, mistreating others in the church, etc. yeah, it, mm -hmm. it should come before the church, but judging right in that situation doesn't mean like we're going to cover it up. Yeah, you know, that's right. Um, that Great would be mm -hmm. that would not be a right. millennial judgment. No, that, 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 that would not be, be what Jesus does. You know, Jesus does not cover up. Right, I mean, right. Well, let me, let me yeah. also ask this question because um, I know there's people out thinking and we're like, wait, we got to judge each other. And I, I very much appreciate that, that caveat. Uh, one of Jesus's most famous sayings is judge not lest you be judged. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> when the world, guys, are you telling me to judge or should we follow Jesus who says don't judge? How, how do we navigate through that, if mm -hmm. you don't mind me so when you, that's, when that's you, something that's popped in my mind. So, so when you're thinking about the Matthew 7 of judge not lest ye be judged, yes. you're, Jesus is talking about this idea of setting up yourself as a standard mm. and saying, well, you're not living up to what I think this particular standard is myself. And I'm focusing on your faults and your struggles and issues and saying, oh, you're not living up because I'm able to be patient, but you're not patient. So therefore you deserve that you're, you're lost, right? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, your destiny is determined mm -hmm. by my assessment. And this is where the millennium judgment is actually in contrast to that. Mm. So Jesus is essentially letting them know, like, you need to get the speck out of your own eye so you can see properly, right? Well, he says the beam yes. out of your own eye, which mm -hmm. is clouding the speck in your brother. So what, what looks like a beam in his eye is actually a beam in yours. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the fault-finding spirit is what Jesus is addressing in Matthew chapter 7 yeah. versus the judgment of the saints and deciding matters and conflicts among ourselves. Jesus, here Paul is dealing with conflict resolution. And when there's issues among us, why can't we settle it as a family outside of those legal yeah. things that have implications? Awesome, beyond. awesome, awesome. I want to actually read that verse, and, and uh, like you said, people don't always read to the end of that that, mm -hmm. that section. Mm -hmm. uh, we live in an age where people are like, I don't want to judge you, don't judge me, and we're like, no judgment, no judgment. Right. You know, you can kill all the people that you want, no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> uh, but Jesus has a point here in chapter 7, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 4, uh, 1 through 5, sorry. Judge not that you be not judged. Do you know that's the most popular verse that people know? More than yeah. John 3, 16. Right. It's, it's Matthew 7, 1. Anyway, 7, 2. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with that measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? <laughs> mm -hmm. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye, 
and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Mm. Yep. So the objective there at the end, the end goal is some kind of fellowship, some kind of brotherhood, some kind of sisterhood where you're helping each other out and taking the specks out, but yep. don't take the speck out when you have a humongous thing in, in your eye as well. Yeah. And, and it's funny that Jesus uses that contrast, mm. right? It's a speck versus a beam. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of engaging in this judgment without reading the books in the millennium. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I'm just determining based exactly. on this one day interaction with Siku mm -hmm. and then go to heaven, it's like, well, now you get to actually read the whole record of her yes. life mm -hmm. with a complete, true, divine objectivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you can judge wisely. Yeah. And if you don't have enough self-awareness to know I can't judge correctly because I don't have all the information yeah. available, then that's lacking and Christian that's, judgment. That's important because. Um, judgment should be reserved then mm -hmm. until yes. like in terms of judging you know are you gonna make it into the kingdom or not we gotta reserve that until we have all possible available information yeah. and we do not have that there's no way that we i don't have condemn. the right to ever say yeah. that that you're, you're lost right you're, right you're like we cannot condemn somebody to yes. eternal damnation right on the side of heaven because mm -hmm. we do not know and notice that what Jude, and, and, Jude and what we do that. in or if, if, excuse me but if we, yeah. uh, just to keep what we're saying like uh we're not in heaven we're not judging judging individuals, mm -hmm. right? God has already judged the destiny yes. of those individuals, right? right? But in a sense, and we said that last week, we're judging what God has, God done. has done. Yes. And we need the thousand years for all the full information. Yeah. So I just want to put a copy. That clarity. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, no, Sebastian and Jonathan. I was just going to add the fact that in Jude 6, right, we have the, the angels, he says, that are fallen are reserved unto judgment, mm -hmm. right? So even that is a delay, which Paul referenced in 1 Corinthians 6, you will judge angels. So ultimately, even this evaluation, like you just said, of God's treatment of said person or exclusion of said angels from heaven, the fellowship of the of the loved ones or even the saints being excluded. Why are these people excluded? Mm -hmm. They look like Christians the whole time I saw them. Mm -hmm. You're now evaluating the legitimacy of God's judgment, which is only putting reference in the fact that there are certain things that God can see that I cannot. There are certain things that he can perceive that I cannot perceive. Mm -hmm. And my willingness to accept that and have faith is partially why I'm there in the first mm -hmm. place. But it all, God also recognizes his own transparency and willingness to share that. Mm -hmm. Amen, amen. Jonathan, one minute. Yeah, I know. I was just uh, going to say I appreciate that mm -hmm. God has the judgment process set up for us because it shows us that he's transparent, he's fair, he's love and that there will be justice. There's so much injustice in this world and yes. people are crying for justice. God will be judging fairly and we will see that in the millennium. Mm -hmm. yes. That gives me hope and encouragement even to make it through the times where I feel unjustly treated and mm -hmm. whatever it is. Uh, so I just want to point it out that God is good and that he involves us in this process is just really amazing. Amen. 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 Maybe all this talk about judgment has discouraged you in some way. An appropriate biblical perspective on judgment is that we should look forward to judgment. Exactly of what Jonathan has said. Uh, maybe you are filled with guilt and filled with negativity and fear. The Bible says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so right now, if you feel inspired by the Holy Spirit, get on your knees and pray and say, Lord, I want to have no condemnation. And that prayer itself is recorded in the books of heaven. That's my prayer for sure. Prayer for my friends, and hopefully for you also out there. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week as we continue our talk on Beyond Death.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.